Greetings, most excellent Theophilus. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <sighs> it is the day of Fry, most excellent Theophili. Lawn-keeping tools are lawn-keeping. Animals are animaling, I guess. And... Our stomachs are recovering from Thanksgiving. I don't know what your favorite food is, Theophilus, but mine is stuffing when it comes to Thanksgiving. Uh, yes, but in other newses, um, this episode is the four of the three last episodes of Most Excellent Theophilus. Before I, well, before one, our second year anniversary, and two, I shelve, I put the podcast on hiatus. I'm not ending the show, I'm just putting it on pause while I let myself garner inspiration on what to talk to you about. I've already gotten back into some more healthy focus on studying other religions, as that's important when you're an apologist. Um, I have finished reading the Book of Enoch. I am starting to finally do a proper read-through of the Quran. Um, I made my own bookmark that is a list of the surahs by order of revelation, and I'm already two in. Um, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it talks about revealing by the pen. Funny enough, the second surah is then called the pen. Um, and it's an assurance that Muhammad was not crazy and that he's a morally upright man. Which, unfortunately, does not mesh with the actual history of Muhammad. Um, of course, the assurance comes because um, when Jibreel uh, introduced himself, <clears throat> it's a soft way of putting what happened in the cave, Muhammad thought he was crazy. Um, and also... Look up Sahih Bukhari 5158. That's Sahih al-Bukhari, B-U-K-H-A-R-I 5158. And you will see my second objection to some tenets of that second surah. In other news, uh, the Tomes of Time will be returning from their brief, yet it felt like forever hiatus, um, tomorrow. On my TikTok at dot Stephen the Stowell, all lowercase. That's Stephen with a V. You can help support Tomes of Time, most excellent Theophilus, and you know just this guy in general here. Hi, me. That's me. Hello, um, at uh, Stephen the Bard on Cash App. Sorry, I know you'll judge me. Oh no, woe is me. Um, I need money. <laughs> um. Let's see, what's other business? Um, I don't know what other business is, and it's just about time. So, we're going to let this audio clip process. Oh yeah, that's right, Theophilus. Today we have a special guest, who I'll let introduce himself in the next segment. Hello? Hello, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am Allison Andrews. Yes, and where can you've technically been on this podcast before? Um, yes, I have. Why don't you reintroduce uh, where the audience can find you and what you're about? Well, you can find me at KyleSignAndrews.com as my major website and all other major platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can find me at KyleSignAndrews. The I am a Christian content creator who loves to entertain and educate the people. When it deals with scripture and the gospel is my major thing. I believe you also have a podcast. <laughs> oh, I do. It is on a, you can find it at kylesignandrews.com. It's called a stream talk. Also, it is on my YouTube channel. And when I do stream it live, I stream it off my Twitch channel under Kyle St. Andrews itself. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And I've been on there. It was a long time ago, I believe. Uh, yes, you were the first season. Uh, I think you were like the Ninth episode. Uh, if I remember correctly, I said something that shocked you, or maybe I'm misremembering. There's a little teaser for the audience to be incentivized to go check you out uh, with that podcast. Uh, was, huh? Trying to think what you did say on that podcast. Um. Yeah, Kyle also. Regularly live streams on his TikTok. That's Kyle S T underscore Andrews, uh, and I tend to pop up on there from time to time and scare off people with very confused views about the Bible. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I brought you on here today. A little, a little cutting it close. Thank you very much for. Um, being flexible um, to talk about um, in the past we discussed you coming on and talking about um, occultism um, you brought up paganism yes they're cold uh, where do we start <laughs> the occult from the beginning has always been an attack on the fundamental teachings of the church. Uh, technically, the occult did not come around into medieval times, or a little before medieval times, honestly. A little bit of history on this. The occult comes from, the, the word occult comes from the word Latin. The, I cannot pronounce it in Latin, so, but it comes from a Latin word that means mysteries, um, I'm looking up in my uh, ecclesiastical Latin to see if it's in here. Um. Um, mysteries, knowledge, stuff like that. And these are people who want to have knowledge other than what is in Scripture. And the sad thing is the occult has infiltrated Christianity multiple times through history, and it still is today. I mean, Satan's playbook is the same plays over and over again majority of the time they attack they attach yourself to superstitions 
also hidden mysteries and knowledge. You hear this all the time. You cut on any televangelist. Of the Bible, that's, that's occult, occultist, occult past, occult boom, Latin, yeah, secret, concealed, private, and it has caused so much problem through history. I mean, even the a little German guy with a mustache based his whole beliefs off the occult, mm. and. The one of the modern founders of the occult, uh, what we call modern founders of the occult, he wasn't the founder of it, um, was a gentleman out of, um, I forget his name, he was out of Europe, and we get our contemporary socialism and our progressive Catholic views from that occult teachings. Oh. And majority of the, well, there's words that you'll hear thrown around in everyday thing like alchemy. Alchemy came from the occult itself. Also, uh, the occult has infiltrated other religions that they've adopted it. Islam has adopted the occult numerous times and enjoys it. But, but our, new, our new age movements of the neo-paganisms like Wicca and your Norse pagans that claim they're Norse pagans will lean into the occult teachings because they want to claim they have more knowledge than what Christians have. Mm-hmm. And see, the, and all this knowledge is, is they claim that they understand the mysteries and of the universe and mysteries of the supernatural and they go into the adult I mean the I said adult I mean occult um, teachings of demonology and angelology and stuff and yeah there is some de- people who study demons under demonology that are Christian but they need to be very careful what they do because they'll wind up going down the path of their cult or self, trying to do stuff that is occult practices that's not scriptural to protect them. So they're using witchcraft to protect themselves from witchcraft. And I mean, another thing is a lot of your... um, street gangs from the original street gangs of, of the folk lords and of vice lords and folk and stuff like that and the British knights they base their stuff off teachings of the occult too really yes they do now I'm not saying every street gang does I'm just saying that those do So, um, let's see. How to build off that. Do you think there's a 
I feel like some of the things you've said have maybe already alluded to this. Do you think there's a actual spiritual backing to occult practices? <clears throat> there's demonic power behind it. Um, but the demonic power is not like the big boogeyman underneath the bed like people want to make it out to be. The majority of the time it's deception to take you away from the truth and take you away from what scripture really says. Prime example, I mean, we have numerous people on my TikTok live that you've dealt with with me that come in, they'll use the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is one of the major things inside the occult teachings. I mean, the book of Enoch does not, does not go past the second century BC. And they claim it's from the beginning. And they base after the whole thing. There's a whole group of um, people in their cult called themselves the Watchers who swear they are embodiment of angels on earth and they've been given secret spells and to protect people and it's nothing but fan fiction I think. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I personally I think at the least the earliest parts of Enoch could have been um telephone gamed oral musings. Because um, there, there's a clear, like I, I take G uh, Genesis six, um, the the way of yes, angels did come down, and I, I would connect that to um, how kind of all cultures have that kind of ancient view of there were these godlike creatures that were very active and created demigod-like creatures. Um, I, I think that ties back to an actual historical thing. Um, but one of the things that was supposedly evil <laughs> that the Watchers taught man was just like constellations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, okay, if you understand the Jewish culture, a lot of the, um, a lot of the Jew Hebrew culture, let's go back to the ancient Hebrew culture, they used the constellations to tell stories of the Torah. Mm. Um, and now the thing is that I don't know. I'm not well versed on which constellation meant what, but you have the 13 constellations. Um, and people, well, there's 12. I know there's really 13 if you look at it, the zodiac signs, but each zodiac sign is a message from the Torah. I mean, you can even look at like the Virgo, could be the prophecy of the virgin birth. See, yeah, and I think you could use the, the ram for, um, the ram is, yep, and the lion being the lion of Judah. So, I mean, you look at different stuff like that, and the you have the patriarchs like Jacob, uh, I think is um, um, I can't forget that the guy with the belt, Orion's belt, Orion, uh, Jacob being that, and but if you let it go too far, it could become occultic practices. Right. And even to show you just simple names like Moses, we know Moses is the wonderful patriarch who brought the the children of Israel out of Egypt, led them, brought the Ten Commandments down, gave the law. He was the one who parted the Red Sea. We know him as that patriarch, but there is a cultic book called the Book of Moses. Mm. It is, it's a standard magician's book 
the claim from the Middle Ages that is compiled of nothing but rituals and satanic stuff. But they call it the Book of Moses. And you see where this could seep in to uneducated educated. Christians. Christians. You're right. And then you have the Book of the Dead, which comes from Egypt itself, and the Book of Toth, which is an Egyptian book, which is based, the Torah cards is based after. I wasn't familiar with that. And, and also you have the Book of Shadows, which is a modern thing. I mean, Book of Shadows is really something stupid and annoying. It comes from Wicca itself. The... Well, they claim there was books of shadows back in the day, but neo-paganism uses uh, books, and people say, oh, I have the book of shadows. If you talk to anybody who is in the, any kind of witchcraft, be it Wicca, be it um, dark magic and stuff, their book of shadows is not the same as everyone else's. This is their personal diary. Okay. See, and that's, Hollywood has blown that out of proportion. That's why when I hear people claim, oh, I was in their cult, I have the Book of Shadow. Okay, whatever. What, you have a diary of someone? Let's <laughs> see. Right. The one thing D&D communicates pretty well is like spellcasters kind of have their own books. See, prime example. And that's where you have, like I just pointed out, how easy it is to seep in to the church using names like the book of Moses. Everybody, we know the laws of Moses and they thought, oh, this is a book of Moses. Okay, we'll bring it in. And it, people start believing it. And so a lot of people have become on the other end of the spectrum, don't want nothing in. And when people mention D&D, they're like, oh, that's satanic. No, it's not. <laughs> they're so afraid of letting stuff and that is not nothing to do with spirituality. And that's another episode for another day, if you want to cover that. <laughs> the a lot, a lot of ways is the superstition. Superstition will let the occult in and a heartbeat. Prime example, if someone breaks a mirror, first thing you have to do is you gather the mirror up and put it together and hang it above a door, hang it on your wall or something like that. Why? What's the point of that? The point is because they taught back in the day, your spirit is in your reflection. And if it's broken, you will have so many years bad. Seven years is usually one big claim. And superstition has got where it's controlled people's lives. I've seen people, they spill they salt, spill. and they do just throw salt over their shoulder. And I'm not, am I saying they're practicing witchcraft doing that? No, I'm just saying that's the gateway that lets people go out of control. Mm -hmm. And what's hilarious is half these churches, like I just brought up, the, a lot of your holiness. I'm not trying to make fun of holiness, guys. Hey, listen. <laughs> but these holiness churches and your um, Pentecostal and ca charismatic churches, they're like, they're like we hate D&D. We hate D&D. But they're the ones who will take and drag people up front 
and force them in a prayer circle just because they cough during a sermon or something. You know what I'm saying? And people, and now I've heard horror stories of worse. Yeah. But in and of itself, um, the, the idea of like what you just described in the light of our, our topic sounds kind of um, occultic in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It is. It's the occult has infiltrated the church numerous times over. Now, I'm not saying every denomination, but in ways it has. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to bash our Cal, um, Catholic brothers and sisters who call themselves Christian, but the whole thing about the blood and body being the physical blood and body could go back to the occult if you look at it. Mm. I mean, I'd have to look more into Aristotle. Technically, it, it more just comes from bad interpretation and the philosophy of Aristotle about accidents and substance and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I agree with that. And bad interpretation is a real major thing, too. That goes with, well, we got mid-acts. They focus on all the, the mysteries. You don't understand the mysteries, okay? Let's go back to what the word And even your um, Gnostic teachings could be the like I said, the cult's always meant to attack the church since the form of the, the foundation of the church. And a lot of the Gnostic teachings claim that they have more knowledge that brings them salvation. And I mean, we've had whole things like the um, Malleus Maiorum was a book written back when the church was uh, condemning witchcraft and stuff. And it was two magicians who sat down and said, "Ho ho ho ho, we practice um, illusions, and we don't want to be mistaken as witches, so we're going to reveal all our magic tricks." And that's what the Malleus Maleficarum is. And, you know, they point out how you could tell if someone's a witch, so it goes into superstition again. And that leans into the, um, later on, we have the whole thing with what they did to the Protestants. They class, they burned them at stakes and stuff, classifying them heretics, um, and also classifying them practicing witchcraft. <clears throat> and at that time, the Catholic Church was a, a supposedly attacking the occult, but they were being part of the occult, using occultic practices by attacking. And that's where the, it's a vicious circle. And that's where you get into the voodoo and hoodoo, especially in the south part of the United States. Voodoo is a, it's, it is a cult, but it is not a cult. It is a practice for the, they came out of the Africa with the slaves and came over to South America in the Caribbean area of the Gulf of Mexico and stuff and settled in Mexico and South part of the United States. And people practice this stuff and they go, I'm going to do this to prevent this. This is what I'm going to do with a spell to prevent this. 
and you will go as far as some churches bring in voodoo as their practices, and that's called hoodoo when they do that. Really? Yes. And yeah, hoodoo is a it is a watered down version. Well, I call it it's more potent, honestly, because it's um it's disguised as something good. Mm. Something interesting is working off of that phonetic pattern. Uh, in in Islam, there is the the ritual washing called wudu. Huh. <laughs> Basically, I, I think it's. Uh, uh, forgive me, listeners, if I miss uh, if I'm misremembering. I think it's basically you flush your nose with water, um, and it's part of like keeping demons out. <laughs> um, because supposedly, and this is going to be the super watered down, slightly satirically slanted way of saying it. That basically, um, oh, I, I can't think of a good way to word it. Basically, demons get in your nose while you sleep. Which sounds really simplistic and childish. Um, I, they, I'm sure, in the proper text where it originates from, there's a much more lofty-sounding explanation. Well, that's not the whole thing about the Gesundheit or God bless you when you sneeze. That was taken from a superstition of they found out they, your heart stops when you sneeze and they say this gives a time for a demon to possess you so you, someone has to say god bless you or gesundheit which is god bless you in german to prevent the demon from possessing you mm. <laughs> i mean so and you can see where and it's become a we say it every day when someone but sees bless you or gesundheit we don't believe that way no more but it's has infiltrated our culture now. Mm -hmm. The superstition has. And you bring it up about um, prime example. I, I'm one of the Christians who believes in blessing the house. But you will have some Christians that are so against they're so much against the they claim they're against their cult and against witchcraft and stuff. They wind up making occultic practices by blessing their house over every single thing. I've known of people, if you have a fever, they'll try to pray the fever out of you. Oh. Or they will bless the house. Uh, and here's the thing in the South, too. This goes right into the hoodoo. Sweeping the devil out of your house. That sounds like a Bob Rossian kind of philosophy. And they will clean their house and sweep the devil out the front door or the back door. Now, you can see where they can get out of hand way fast. Mm. <laughs> it's like, when do you stop sweeping? Do you sweep your front porch? Do you sweep your front yard? <laughs> do you sweep your street? I mean, how far do you go? I mean, you should you should just sweep the dust all the way to uh, the Valley of Gehenna, you know, since that's where the devil's going to end up anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, talking about the Valley of Gehenna, how many times have you heard people try to cast a demon? Out? And the first thing they say is, "I cast you 
into the deepest, darkest depths of the ocean, or I cast you to the other side of the universe, or I cast you to the pits of hell. You're not God. Right. You can't, first thing, you can't throw no one to hell. Now, if you throw it, if you cast it to the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean, what's going to make it safe? You're going to have a wet demon coming back. That's a joke I made, but that's right. That's that's the that's the worst descriptor for Cthulhu. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you have all this is we. I mean, me and you deal with it constantly. Of people coming in like the other night on the live, someone come in and claimed that he understood mysteries. And God has revealed him mysteries of salvation and the gospel that we don't understand. That he's got it from visions and God, talking, but he he cannot quote you nowhere in scripture where it's backed up because he says he can't read scripture because he don't know how to read. Huh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> There's... It's weird how the attitude of people who are like that pour into like the mystic hidden knowledge are also the ones who like don't actually want to share it. They more just have the attitude of like, oh, you don't understand it? That's your problem, not my problem. As the one who has the mysterious knowledge. And I think some name a couple of pastors. I mean, I'm not trying to bash them at all. Some I respect as human beings, some I do not respect as pastors. But here's the thing is People like um, John Hagen, uh, Jesse DePlanis, Perry Stone, they'll write a book and the first thing, the unknown mysteries of the Bible. Okay. What does that have to do with salvation? I mean, if I if Gabriel had blonde hair because you found it written diagonally in Hebrew saying Gabriel had blonde hair, what does that have to do with the price of eggs in China? <laughs> Right. Or like, like, what is the importance in the last section of Enoch where Moses is like the color white with splotches of red and has white hair and the sun for eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have numerous um, different things that have infiltrated our and Hinduism uses a lot of their cult, modern Hindu, Hinduism, where they try to make you understand that, oh, Krishna is Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's impossible because your first thing is your Krishna is an avatar, and your avatars are nothing but demigods, and Christ is not a demigod. Christ is perfect God, perfect man. He is. One of the three parts or three persons of the Trinity. I will not say parts. <laughs> and then you have um, the Unification Church out of Korea who uses New Age practices, which a lot of your New Age comes out of the Earth. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have, are you going to say? Yes, there's the, uh, the podcast, um, Cultish on uh, Apologia Radio that covers 
um, that sort of stuff. Um, and talks a lot about how the new age, um, yeah, coming out of that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and the whole thing about opening your third eye, that's been taught in Hinduism and also Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. And that leans into the occult of mysteries. You do, oh, and see, most time when you hear the word occult, you think it is the darker version of the cult. Of a cult, and the thing is, they're pretty much the same thing, just one is more subtle, and the other one's in your face, going, We'll reveal this knowledge to you. <laughs> and you know, they have they have the fancier robes and the smellier candles, exactly. And with that being said, um, hey, Mormons, listen to you. Um, your teachings come from both the cult and the occult. Yeah, it's um, shortly after starting the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, Joseph Smith uh, became a, um, a Freemason. Mm. Co-opted. Uh, or do you want to? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Because mm -hmm. I, I was I was wondering, uh, really flipping the page here, going to wonder if I was going to cover that or not about the um, Masonic Lodge. I am not trying to bash anybody in the Masonic Lodge. I'm just saying if you think you have mysteries of the universe, uh, that goes against scripture. <laughs> But, and that, honestly, while covering this, this just hit me. That's pretty much what our tour observants do. They sit before, and we, we understand the mysteries that was back then that the church has not known for two thousand years. Mm, okay. You um, see, I, I just want to side note to clear up something that I we left unresolved from the last dialogue um, that. Joseph Smith basically took rituals of the um, of the Masons and brought it very directly into um, more secretive uh, LDS practice. Oh yes, yes. The whole thing about the apron and the handing them the green apron, saying this is from your brother in Christ, Lucifer. This that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, the handshake and all that. And mm -hmm. so I was just making sure that I, I, I turned over that stone and I didn't explain what was under the stone. So. And I skipped over it and went to the stone beside it. Yeah. <laughs> but you do have this in everyday things. I mean, not just Torah observant doing that. You have, and I'm fixing to upset some people on this. The Church of Christ, when the Campbells started the Church of Christ, they claimed, oh, we have, are, is the true, we are the true church from now. And that was in 1860. And they claim everyone before then was not the true church and everyone else has been forgotten. I mean, all the teachers were forgotten and he, he was given a vision of this, that, and other, blah, 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 blah. That goes against the scripture when Christ says, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I even that's right at the 
Church of Christ who believes that the Mormons, uh, which I don't call them Christian, <laughs> um, Jehovah Witness, and your Torah observant who think that they are the true way, and even your mid acts who thinks that, oh, we're under this gospel now and there'll be another gospel to come. Um, so one thing that um, deep, deep study of um, hyper charismatic stuff has helped me is I can I can tell from just keywords uh, when someone's charismatic. Um, what what would you say are the kinds of phrases, dialogue, trains um, that Theophilus can look out for to, to figure out, hey, this person's got some uh other stuff going on in their headspace okay first thing and i've been talking a broken record on this but i'll say it again when they claim that they have a hidden knowledge a hidden mystery um secrets that are unknown god has revealed stuff to them. the word revealed is a major thing also people who play with um any type of numberology where they sit there and oh angel numbers is a big one right now i forgot what it's called exactly but that type stuff and here's another one that's a flag on play and i'm not saying everyone's guilty but demonology is one major thing right now they're starting to claim that they're better than everyone else and there's, I can keep on going with that. You have your alchemy. I'm not talking about like full metal alchemists either. I'm talking about people who claim that they use alchemy. And they'll use terms like that to make sure to sound cool. And then what they're doing is leaning, leaning, into, leaning into stuff. Sorry. And also, you have people who want to lean into their bloodlines. Oh, I'm Celtic, and my people knew that. And this goes right into what Hitler did with um, he thought his race was better and stuff. And that that is a major thing that Hitler used was the occult of playing claiming the Aryans were better off and more a better race, a perfect race than this, that, and the other. Which uh, clearly worked out for him as his <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. well, Honestly, to tell the truth, you study the history, um, a lot of people here in the United States, the, there were politicians in Washington agreed with him. Mm. But thank God there was another plan. <laughs> right. Uh, but you have that, and you got the things that are plain as day, like, oh, druids, uh, the mysteries of druids. That's plain as day. Everyone knows that. But the secret word is, this has been revealed to me. Um. And it's not backed up by scripture. That's the first thing. If it's been revealed, like, oh, 
God gave me a revelation that, hey, we're wretched creatures. Okay, wow, you didn't know that? I'm sorry you didn't know that, but hey, that's bad enough the scripture. <laughs> but the major, the major thing, thing is focus on what the gospel is, especially the church, and focus on what the message of the Bible is. I was, who was I talking to the other day? I think I was talking to my son. I said, the Bible in a nutshell, if you looked at it as a whole book from beginning to end, it says we're wretched creatures. We have to have a punishment for our sinful actions. God took that punishment and gave us a way out through his shed blood. And the other parts of the book says, love your neighbors as you love yourself and love God with all your might, body, and soul, the Shema, pretty much. That is the, the whole essence is talking about who God is and who we are to God and what he done for us. If people, like, there was a person who asked me yesterday, I'm not called family it was dealing around Thanksgiving. He came up and asked me, he says, what does the Bible say about, well, first thing he said, what does the Bible say about the mix, mixing of different um, cultures and races? Don't you think the power of the Bible shows we shouldn't mix? So I'm like, no, it doesn't. And you see right there, he thinks he understands this hidden knowledge. And he's trying to distort what the Bible says. And I told him, I said, first thing I said, the separation was to stop them from attempting to do what Lucifer attempted to do by overthrow, which he can't overthrow God, but he he wanted to be like God. And so did the men around the Tower of Babel. They wanted to be like God so they could reach heights. And God confused the tongues to prevent that from happening again. Now, on the time, on the day of Pentecost, if you read in Scripture, God reversed that card by letting a gift of the Holy Spirit used to translate. I'm using that word translate loosely, but you know what I'm saying. The gift where they heard it in other languages. I said, today we have the knowledge with our phones to translate to other languages. So we're right back to the way it was back then. So no, it's not to separate this. And I said, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, God said there's only two races in the Bible. That's the Jews and the Gentiles. And when you become, you're a Gentile and you are bought by the blood, you are adopted in as a Jew under the covenant of Abraham. So <laughs> there's no room for racism in the Bible. And to try to use the Bible for racism is, I'm not saying it is occultic, but it is leaning into occultic practices by twisting verses saying, this is what the mystery is. This is what the knowledge is. 
Sorry for the rant on that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. What else to talk about? Um, on that. Um, hmm. Now, majority of your, um, the ones who are blatant occult leaders and they're trying to get people into the occult that are in your face, they're going to be totally against scripture and against Christianity. They're going to try to use scripture to manipulate people away from Christianity. Now you have other ones who have infiltrated Christianity and they're very subtle in what they do and people look at them and I'll call them out. Um, the guy over at Bethel Church in Redding, California, Bill Johnson. He's our cult leader. He's inside of what he calls a Christian church, and people believe him. We have the Baptists, we have Pentecostal, we have non denominational Methodist, and some of our. Um, high up Protestants who buy his books and believe everything he says. Yeah, it's a, it's a problem with those charismatic leaders writing books that are more based on their own philosophy, philosophizing than on scripture. Um, see a lot of See a lot of like Joyce Meyer books at um, Goodwill and things like that. Joyce Meyer, um, TD Jakes. TD Jakes. He also denies the Trinity. He does. Which is a cult of practice. <laughs> But they'll use also, they'll use symbols and stuff to describe what they mean. That's another thing Theophilus needs to look out for. They will use simple stuff that we know of, like the peace symbol. And they'll call it the cross of Nero. Also, they'll use the Ankh. They'll use um, ancient symbols that was used in medieval times like the anti-justice symbol which is a line going up and down and it has two triangles touching the bottom of the line going inward and that symbol represent and they say it's symbolic of a double-bladed axe but it's the anti-justice and they'll use the anarchy symbol also Um, another thing that I've seen all over the place, no one knows what it really is. Please do your research on your logos and your symbols is the church of Satan's logo. It is a cross with a line under the cross. That's a little wider than the cross beam with the affinity symbol touching the bottom of the cross. 
and people I've seen them use it and they think it's another cross or another version of a Christian cross and it's not and and see you got to be careful not to get too paranoid because people look at like the truck watcher that I wear they oh that that was the Celtic that's um um representing the paganism and this like the other that's represents the trinity but there's blatant occult symbols that stand out and i wish i could show some to theopolis but <laughs> another another thing if your teenagers and stuff start trying to write stuff backwards you see like a word um is major it was we dealt with it in the 90s a lot and when i was helping um minister to people in their cult stuff it stand out on the page is they would write messages backwards especially the ones who are into um devil worship and stuff they would use stuff like um notice you know what Nautis is? No. N A T A S. It's Satan written back. And they'll use numbers like um, a seven over six, which is um, backwards for seven means amen and six means Satan. And then they'll sit there and say it means amen Satan mm. and you'll see the stuff written on folders and written on books written on their um well they used to write it on the denim jackets back when I was in school no one wears denim no more <laughs> thank God <laughs> but they'll do stuff like this and the, that's how they mark themselves so their friends will know them and it's a way of marking and standing out to only your friends and this is getting into the um some parts of the occult that a lot a lot of people don't know about is when you're getting into satanism and black magic and stuff like that branching from one of the things you said there what is the appeal of of people to like to the occult to siding with like a figure that is in in any orthodox sense so clearly um not just the bad guy but also like proclaimed to be the one who will lose well okay the, there's um three reasons honestly one is they are so rebellious that they think they can make their own decisions and they're, they, they're their own God. And they want to be looked at that way. They think they can control the elements with magic and spells and stuff like that. And tell the truth or not, half of it's in their head. <laughs> Next thing is they have been abused by the church. And that's one thing most people don't want to talk about is church abuse. And church abuse has pushed a lot of people into the occult and put a lot of people into Satanism and 
the dark arts because they want to do that way. They, I mean, they push it because they want security. They want to be loved and accepted. And they that goes back to the church failing first by letting church abuse happen. And next thing is not loving people. Which um, unintentional, unintentional foreshadowing. Um, one of our upcoming episodes is going to be with uh, someone talking about dealing with church hurt and coming back to the faith. Awesome. That the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and see, first thing, and here's the thing. They get so, and I, let me cover the third thing first before I go into this. <clears throat> the third thing is people just want to be different. Mm-hmm. There is a major movement right now, and you've seen it like I have, where Christians, or people who call this a Christian, Christian TikTok, doesn't want to use the term Christian. They think the word Christian is a bad word. They want to be different from everyone else. They want to be the first to do this, the first to do that. They want to understand, oh, I've, here goes back the, I understand mysteries and knowledge that no one else has done for 2,000 years. What makes you more special than everyone else? All the theologians and the men of God that has been here for 2,000 years. And that, that's one thing I had to ask myself um, back in my 20s. Because of dealing with the occult, I was being influenced a little bit by thinking, oh, I understand this. They don't understand this. Talking about other Christians. And I had to be humbled. So. But. There's tons of. um, Also look out for. They're getting into the occultic practice in your house of dealing with paganism and the occult in your house. If your kids are lighting candles on a table or a desk that's set aside just for that and has little trinkets on it, that is their altar they're using. Please, please, please talk to that child because one thing I'm having to talk to my oldest daughter now, she is so infatuated because of media that angels and demons are cool and uh, every time someone talks about a demon on a uh, TikTok that I'm watching she wants to listen to it. I'm like no, 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 no. You need to understand something. This is not cool like you think it is. And I have to break it back down to the basics. It's about the gospel. It's about loving people, caring for people, and after the gospel, you know what I mean? <laughs> to do what the church is supposed to be doing. Making a difference. And anybody who's involved in paganism or their cult, they claim that they care for stuff, but they don't. They care for their self. I don't know how much more material you have you want to talk about. Um, 
but if we're going to go much longer, we're going to want to break and reconnect because um, Anchor will record past the hour mark, but after a bit, it will start to glitch out. I mean, it's how much over you want to cover. I mean, you got any questions? Um, not a lot, really. But there's tons of stuff. There's material out there that is, you can look for it. The National Information Network is providing a book for parents to have, to our loved ones to have to see if their family is involved in uh, practices of Satanism in their cult. Also, the National Information uh, informational network has provided a, another little pamphlet of a um says the name of the book is Satan and My Child. It helps you look at stuff, the the warnings. So I recommend y'all go look that up. I would I would certainly I would remark um the YouTube channel we mentioned earlier or the, the podcast um the YouTube channel is uh, Apologia Radio. The podcast is a cultish. They cover cults, which tend to inevitably lead back to talking, warning against the occult. And talking about things of that. And also, check out Aspiring Philosophy. He will cover a lot of stuff on this too. Um... You want to be part of our Q&A segment? <laughs> we have one question today. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, it comes from the Discord, uh, from uh, Louie, uh, our uh, our our friend from near the down under. <laughs> uh, did Adam actually blame God, or did he only blame Eve? Because I thought he blamed Eve uh, because Eve gave him the forbidden fruit, and then he ate. Well, if we go back to exactly what he said, exactly. Give me two seconds to get my Bible open. That would be in the third chapter. Uh, let's see. Oh, great. I spelt it, and Bible Hub is not lenient at all. Genesis space 3. Interlinear, obviously. Okay, and Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. Mm -hmm. And the band said, the woman whom that or whom thou giveth me, she gave me the um gave me of the tree and I did eat. He blamed God first. He blamed God for giving him the woman. So he did blame God. Then he turned around and blamed Eve. He pretty much he was running around pointing to everybody but himself. 
yeah, and it's kind of just a uh, what's the right term? Um, dissemination of blame. That's the, not what I mean to say, but um, Adam's like, hey, look, you gave me Eve, and Eve's like, well, you see, the snake, um, and the snake doesn't even. Satan doesn't even try to defend himself. Uh, At least Eve pointed to the snake and said, hey, that, he's the one who beguiled me. Yeah, and said the woman, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Um, and that's the interesting thing about that passage, is you look at the curses. Um, uh, Adam and Eve, true, true humans, um, end up punishing the whole of humanity. Um, but serpents really got it the worst because Satan here, we know from Revelation, this is Satan because this is the serpent cast down long ago. That was that dragon fighting against, trying to fight against God. Um, yep. He wasn't even actually a, a serpent. He wasn't a snake. Um, and yet... Uh, because of him, the entirety of serpent kind basically lost their legs. You can look at the DNA for snakes, and they have the the coating for legs. Uh, and also, I look at it as another thing: is Satan is bound to this earth until he's thrown in that bottomless pit. Which bringing back around the reference to. Uh, the world to come for Satan, his angels, and the unrighteous. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about heaven and hell with the Black Doctor. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah. And another thing is, Black Doctor will help you. Um, he won't go into the teachings of the occult, but he will show you what heresies are. And that will, the more knowledge you have, and I don't want, don't want to use the word knowledge today. <laughs> the more you understand what is not orthodox teaching is of Christianity, the more you can stay away from the occult. Um, and it's important those who know uh, and those who know when people are speaking ill, uh, ill doctrine, um, we are called to call out false teaching. Um, yes. It's not a bad thing to be a heresy hunter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as some might like to say. Um, it's important to call out false teaching. Uh, anyways, we're pretty much at time. Um, closing remarks you'd like to say to Theophilus? Yes, and you said heresy hunter. I say I call them hairy ticks because they are nothing but parasites. <laughs> They're nothing but a hairy little tick. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll risk the audio just syncing so you can hear my uh, benediction, I suppose. Uh, this is normally how I end the podcast. Yeah, familiar with this one section of the Theophilus, if you've been watching. Uh, where we turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. About the only time I opened my NIV. <laughs> uh, and Jesus spake these things to his disciples, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you on account of Christ. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go in the peace and love of our Lord and Savior. And that's where we end.